Well, good morning, fellowship, and Merry Christmas. Clark here with you, and it was quite fitting that the Autrys walk in. He's the culprit of this Christmas with Clark theme that we have this morning. And uh, we're going to flip that, and it's Christmas with Jesus this morning. Can we do that instead? Yeah, I would prefer that, definitely. Hey, we are incredibly grateful that you've chosen to worship with us here on Christmas morning. We don't get to do this often, and so we get to celebrate the day that we celebrate uh, the birth of our Savior. And so we're grateful that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. Um, my name's Clark, and Isaiah's with us this morning. Give Isaiah a hand. A question I've been asking myself during the Advent season, if you read the devotional this morning uh, that we provided, um, is what would it be like in your home on Christmas Day if Jesus was your guest? Think about the morning, think about brunch, lunch, dinner, the afternoon, visiting family, friends. What if Jesus was your guest of honor all day? Would that change the way you do, the way you practice Christmas Day? Would Jesus, as the servant, the one who came to serve, not to be served, I wonder, would he be the one to get up early and make coffee? Or would you, as a guest, as he was the guest of honor, would he be served coffee? And would, he be, would it be calf or decaf? I don't know. What do you think? And then if you're driving to grandma's house or to the in-laws, uh, does he drive? Because you trust him, Right? Or, or maybe um, he's the guest, and so he rides shotgun as the guest of honor. Or, you know, how do you do presents with Jesus? Um, do you let him go first? Or because he was always deferring, he wants everyone else to go first. Who, who gets to open presents first? And so I think you can have some fun with that as you travel and as you come and go, even from church today. Think of how would your day be different if Jesus we're present. We're going to have some fun in a little bit. We're going to give you a time to reflect if you're here and you're not with someone. If you're with a family or your spouse, uh, we're going to take some time to reflect on that question and to begin to think about how does those Advent themes that we talked about, what stories would you tell Jesus today if he was in your home about how he's brought you hope and peace and about how he's brought your family a sense of being loved this year, a sense of joy. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a bit. We are going to pass offering plates this morning. And if, you are, um, if you're on the edges, if you can move in a little bit, just, it's going to be a little bit more of a family feel this morning. If you could just move in, to, if you could, towards the middle. And uh, I'm going to pray for us as we get started this morning. Father, thank you um, for the good news of your son. And Thank you for adopting us into your family and that we get to celebrate um, your son's birthday with our family on Christmas morning um, together as a church family. God, give us the grace and wisdom to love one another well, to be patient with one another today. Pray that you would be the centerpiece of all we do as we experience your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Church this morning, as we sing, we're going to sing a lot of songs about the fact that Jesus is alive this morning. We're going to be reminding ourselves, even as we sing, of the life and the, and the risen Savior that we get to celebrate year after year after year this Christmas. Um, so as the, as the offering plates are getting passed, I'm going to invite you guys to stand um, and we'll worship this morning. 
sing, there's now a hope. There is now a hope that lasts beyond our days. For the one, for the one that once was buried lives again. Now the tomb is barren, empty, and the stone is rolled away. Praise the risen one who overcame the grave. All you broken hearted, all you worn and weak. Come find everlasting water and stream. The wandering spirit to the wandering spirit lost in searching, wanting something more. Find the risen King who overcomes the world. We sing, let there be dancing. Let there be dancing in the darkness. Let our song break through the night. Lift your voice and sing that Christ is King and Jesus is Death is undone, I lose. 
You can be seated. Uh, years ago, um, more like about maybe 12 years ago, um, these are my three sons, and uh, Christmas in our home looked a lot different than it does now, obviously, as they've gotten older. Um, and uh, man, look at those guys. I'm going to start crying this morning already. Um, they were all in our home last night, and uh, Pam has done a great job of raising those boys to live what's on their shirts um, there, to be joyful people, and joyful in Christ, too. And, uh, but when, when they were that age, um, the idea of presents in our home, they were a big deal, okay? And, uh, and a lot of times, I think we try to, in our super spiritual states, we try to downplay uh, the role of presence this time of the year and try to focus on the real reason for the season, right? And we believe that, that Jesus is the centerpiece of that. But um, many of you have the gift of gift giving, and you show love to people by giving presents. And some of us have the gift of receiving gifts, and we love getting presents, and you love thoughtful gifts um, specifically. And uh, when the boys were younger, uh, the experience of presence in the home, it was a big deal. There was anticipation um, for what they might receive, and you would hear their feet run upstairs and down the stairwell, and uh, there was this anticipation. I, I was usually, I was the early riser, and still am in our family, and uh, they would make their way down, and I would make them all wait, and, um, and eventually Pam would get up, and we would gather around, and we would begin to celebrate um, some traditions in our home, and they would begin on Christmas Eve, actually. Years ago, 27 years ago, we decided um, we've got we to transform the travel experience in the Nolan house. We were all over the place. We were in Mississippi, Stuttgart. We were up in Branson. We were down in South Little Rock. It, we were all over the place. And uh, we began to, to do these traditions in our home with our boys as they were young. And uh, we would read the Christmas story, and, uh, and then we would take communion together, and then we'd have a dessert together. And we've always been able to do that. In fact, last night, we were able to do that um, after our services. And, uh, and then on Christmas morning, one of my favorite parts of Christmas morning, uh, Pam would make chocolate gravy. Anybody? Surely some of you are familiar with chocolate gravy. And man, we butter those biscuits and pour that chocolate gravy all over it. Frank, you ever had chocolate gravy? Oh, it's gold. You come by later. And uh, I'm sure Pam and Bo are having that right now. And, uh, but that's one of the, 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 um, the exciting things about just Christmas morning in our home. And, and um, as they would receive their gifts, and then I would begin to, um, to put batteries in many of them. Santa didn't think about that. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so we would, we would begin to play and engage with those gifts. Um, such, a, such a fun, joyful time as a parent. And yet as I've gotten older... Um, there's a different kind of presence that I really enjoy, and I experienced it last night. I've actually got a new daughter-in-law. We got a future daughter-in-law with us. Uh, my nephew Cody was with us last night, and we were all gathered in the living room, and that's the presence that I wanted to experience. It's with one another, and many of you know what I'm talking about. As you get older, you just want to be together around a meal and just celebrating being together. This Christmas season, today, we celebrate a presence, Emmanuel, God 
with us. And it's God's gift to us. And it's been opened to us in the baby Jesus. And we celebrate him this morning. He's the centerpiece of all we think about, all we do. He's our motive for why we love one another on this day. And so what I'd like us to do for the next uh, few minutes is if you're with someone, I want you to um, discuss this question on the screen. Um, Discuss this question. If Jesus were in your home today and you could share some stories with him this past year about how he's brought you hope and about how he's brought you peace, what would you tell him? Was it a crisis? Was it a moment? Was it a trial? Was it news you heard about something? Um, was it a, a sermon that you heard? Was it a moment with a friend? Um, was it something you read? But share with this person, if you're by yourself, reflect on a moment where Jesus brought you hope and peace. Andy said when he taught on hope, in our, when we kicked off Advent, um, Andy's our Celebrate Recovery Team leader. He said that um, hope gives us the power to endure when we're in trial. And then I reminded us that um, the true peace is found in the Prince of Peace. And so take a few minutes. Isaiah's going to play for a few minutes and discuss that with your family. And then we'll circle back up here in a second.
In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, in Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ I live. We're grateful for your birth and the hope that that brings to us, Lord. And as we even sing of a simple song, we sing away in a manger, God, our, our, our prayer is that we be reminded of your peace this morning, even in this moment. So, Father, would you teach us and would you lead us? Would you be our leader this morning? So
This past year, uh, I continued a, a personal tradition that I have. You can be seated. Um, um, I'm the old guy who goes to the gas station and gets a couple of newspapers on Saturday mornings. And uh, anybody else still do that? Um, you probably has. Hey, yeah, you do. Yeah, we've probably seen each other. Um, and uh, and I enjoy just just reading um, what's going on in the world. And it's one of those every Saturday morning. That's a moment that I lean into hope that Jesus brings. I want to know what he's doing in the world. Um, much of it is broken right now. But I use those mornings uh, to lean into hope that he's working a bigger and a better plan. And he keeps my heart soft and broken for people as I read on those Saturday mornings. So Isaiah, that's one of the ways that he's reminded me of his hope this year. You know, we also leaned into... Um, the theme of joy. Garland walked us through that. God gives us joy in our suffering, in our skepticism. He gives us joy in our singing, and, uh, and he gives us joy in our, suffer, in our uh, serving. And he helped us see, and he, he actually came up here, and he, he pronounced that joy is everything, and he screamed it. He woke us up. He reminded us that joy is Everything. And then Michael last week did a great job of reminding us God's adoptive love in Christ and that God showed his love 
towards us as Joseph adopted Jesus into his family, God has adopted us into his family. It's a sacrificial love. God gave up things. He gave up his son specifically so that we could be adopted into his family. And so we're going to take a couple of minutes again, and we're going to reflect on those things. Is there an anecdote, a story, a moment where you experienced the joy of Jesus or the love of God in a way that spurred you on to further communion with him. So we're going to take a few minutes. If Jesus were in your home or with you today, and you could share that and remind him of that. I know um, for me, one of those moments, I was reflecting on Ephesians chapter 1 back in September. And the love of God overwhelmed me when I realized all the good things that he gave me through my identity in Jesus. And it helped remind me that that's a solid and a safe and a secure place to live and be. And so that was a moment that I had. What's yours? Let's take a few minutes and share those.
as we continue in worship this morning. We're going to sing a familiar song. So I'm going to invite you guys to stand this morning. And it's a song we know well. We've sang many times, Joyful, Joyful. So on Christmas morning, I'm going to, I'm going to give us some leeway here. If you're like, oh, I feel the groove. If you can take a step to the side and a step back this way, I'd be really impressed. We'll see if it happens. We'll see if it happens. But just feel, this song is really fun, and it's really cool that we get to sing just about God's glory and his love to us. So let's not stay in our box this morning. Let's have some fun with it. Sing joyful, joyful. Joyful, joyful, we there you go. It's all God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun of love. Melt a cloud of sin.
morning of the joy that it is to be loved by you, Lord, that we'd be reminded of your goodness and your grace in your life this Christmas morning. God, be with Clark as he teaches us from your word. Would you lead us? Uh, let us leave this place even different than the way that we walked in. God, we're grateful for you. We remember you this morning, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. So why is this day so significant? And my question for us this morning is why does today matter the rest of the year? Not just this calendar year, but on into 2023. Why does Christmas Day mean so much to us? Uh, remove the nostalgia. Um, and for some of you, both bad and good memories um, based on how you grew up and, and what the holidays were like. But why does this day means something to us as followers of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to just do a flyover of verses 1 to 20. We're going to see the highlights on the screen here. You'll be able to follow along with us. And we're going to look at, I'm going to look at um, six different ways that the presence of Jesus, not just on Christmas Day, his birthday, matters the rest of the year, and why we can hang our hat on, why we can trust in his promises, why we can experience the fullness of life with him um, the other 364 days of the year. And so we're going to jump right in. I want to give you these um, just kind of six big reasons here why he matters and why his presence matters uh, the rest of the year. Uh, the first big reason is that Jesus is present in history. He's historical. He came in a time in a real place, and this God who oversees time and lives outside of it entered time in history. He's historical. He was born in a real time in a real place. In fact, the very nature of Mary and Joseph's travel was to be registered to document themselves for tax purposes. It's a very real time and a very real thing for many of you every April 15th. You know you've been found out. You have a number. You have a name. You're accountable. You're registering your income. They're documenting their existence. And there's five different names listed in the first five verses of this passage. There's five different names of towns mentioned as well or regions. Luke it gave us this orderly account of the life of Jesus as he was mentoring this, this man named Theophilus. He was trying to walk him through a chronological view of the life of Jesus, and he spared us no details. He gave us some time and a place. And so um, mom and dad are there. There are some kings mentioned uh, just like we are today, we're here at 3447 Highway 112 this morning. Some of you made your way over. If you're from the west side, from the Holcomb Parish, we're in Washington County, Arkansas. 
There's a time and a place that we live in. Jesus, around 2,000 years ago, lived in a time and place. This is significant because God is present in history. And we can trust his word. He's a historical figure that would move himself in and through all history and then bring us into the narrative. Jesus' presence matters because he's found in history. Um, his presence also matters because he's presence as king this morning. There's a phrase that's used here in, uh, in, uh, at the end of verse 4. It says, Joseph was of the house and the lineage of David. Joseph was the house and lineage of David. If you were a Jew in that time, you would have understood the impact or the import of what that meant. You see, today matters the rest of the year because he's present now as king, and this baby was being presented as king. And yes, they did not understand or uh, the, the full import of what that meant and how he would uh, move through his life, but he is royal. And from the time God gave us King Saul, from the time he gave the people of Israel King David, from the time he gave them Solomon who would build the temple, to the good kings, to the bad kings, to the divided kingdom, the prophets were always looking forward to the quarter time where there would be a better king who would be the true king. Israel's true king and their Messiah. Jesus is royal. This baby would become king. And he would reign and rule now in the hearts of his church. And one day, fully realized, and we look forward to that, we have hope. He's going to reign and rule in a place, heaven, come to earth, where he will reign and rule with us. This royal line matters It reminds us that God has not abandoned his people. This king has come and he keeps his promises. His royalty matters every day. Jesus is made manifest, and we've looked at this all through Advent as human as well. We see his presence in his humanity. In verses 6 and 7, it's noted that, that Mary gave birth. Uh, This baby was born in a real time, in a real place, born into a human body. He was born in a a body uh, much like ours, in a common existence, a common circumstance. Actually, his circumstance was much less than common in terms of earthly, in terms of an earthly situation. Not sure the nature of your birth experience, but uh, I was born on a hot July day in 1971. I came three weeks early. I was ready to get out and see the world to start this thing. Um, Just off University Avenue in Little Rock at St. Vincent's Hospital. Anybody else born there? Yeah, was born there. And uh, we made our way home a few days later to a little street called Lindell Drive um, in southwest Little Rock. And that's when I began um, my youth. And so uh, there was a time and a place where Humanity began for me. It's like Jesus in a time and place. He was human in a common circumstance. Some of you were born in a home. Some of you were born in a hospital. Some of you were adopted at birth. Some of you were born in an unfortunate circumstance. And maybe you were raised in a single parent home. 
I doubt that in Jesus' circumstance that they had met their deductible at this point in the year, okay? Not so sure their health insurance was up to date. And I've wondered if, if Aunt Elizabeth had brought them a car seat for the ride home, right? Probably not. It's a very un, uh, less than circumstance, if you will. Jesus' presence as human is important to us the rest of the year because he gets us. He understands us. He sees the world as we see it. He experienced rejection. He experienced the joys of family. He experienced the pain of loss, and he experienced rejection from friends, and he experienced things that, that we experience, and so he understands us. His presence in our place, ultimately, as human, he would become this perfect sacrifice so that we could be made right with God. Augustine says it like this. This is a quote from one of his Christmas sermons. Hear this. Man's maker was made man that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on his journey. That truth might be accused of false witnesses. The teacher be beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, the healer might be wounded, and that life might die. He was fully human so he could understand us and see the world through our eyes. And that leads us to the fourth way that he is present with us. He's present as Savior. Note the title given to him here in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He's present as Savior, and he would save us from our sins. They knew of Moses. The Jews knew of the story of the Red Sea and how Moses was the Savior from Pharaoh. They made their way through the Red Sea, and then Joshua, they made their way through God saved them through the crossing of the Red Sea, and they made their way into the promised land. Um, the salvation that he would promise it would be much greater than a physical rescue. It would be this rescue as Savior, where he would remove the guilt, the condemnation, the payment, the judgment, the eternal consequence of sin by absorbing that onto himself, saving us from our sin to set us free from that which we couldn't save ourselves from. His presence is Savior. It matters the rest of the year. And there's another term that's used here. Christ the Lord. He's present as Lord. And I would ask you, is he your Lord today? Are you under his authority? Is it just a title that you ascribe to? Or is he your Lord? He would inform the world of a different kind of lordship. Lear, hear and listen to this kind of lordship that he offers us. It's a power through sacrifice, an authority through submission, a control through sharing heirship. Through bringing us his kingdom of priests to reign and rule with him, to give power away to his followers. Yet, this Lord would demand everything. He would demand you, your family, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your skills, your gifts, your things, your possessions. 
He wants all of it, only so that he can give you your life back to set you free from the false lords that don't deliver on what they promise. You see, his presence is Lord in this manger scene is not just important for what we celebrate today, but it's actually important every day of the year because he gives us our life back when we submit to him as Lord. And then in verse 20, the last verse of the passage, I think this is really cool as the shepherds walk away. It says this about them. They returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Because of all this, he is worthy of worship. Do you know what happens in worship? We're brought into the presence of God. Worship just sits, we're we're extolling his worth and we're in his presence. And what's interesting about the Christmas story is that God in in his creativity, he brings us into the narrative to send us his son, born as human, so that we become of great value and worth to him. And the only way we fully experience that worth is when we realize that it's not about us today and that Christmas is not about us, that it's about him. The response of the angels earlier in the passage, glory and praise. The response of those who heard, wonder. The response of Mary, it says she pondered and she treasured. And then here, the shepherds are glorifying and praising. Their eyes are Godward. They look up and they see that the world is not about them, but it's about him. This story tells us that we're most happy when we realize it's not about us. us, And worshiping matters the rest of the year, not just today. His presence in all these ways matters the rest of the year because he's present in history. He's present as king. He's present as human. He's present as savior. He's present as Lord. And he brings us into his presence in worship. And that matters the rest of the year. Emmanuel, God with us. Did you know that he's not just with us? If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, he's actually in you. Through his Holy Spirit. And that's what gives us the fullness of expression of all these things we've talked about in Advent. Is that through his spirit, he's come to dwell inside of us. And we can experience the fullness of worship, not just in a room on a Christmas morning, but throughout the year. This is good news for us. If you found your way in here this morning and some of this doesn't make sense, you're trying to figure out, okay, so I understand he's a historical figure, but some of this, this, these other things you've shared, I've never experienced that type of thing. Some of us will be up here up front. I know Isaiah and I will both be up here. And we'd love to share with you how to experience the fullness of peace with God and why Jesus came, and how to have a relationship with him. We'd be happy to visit with you about that. If you could stand with me, and I'm going to read uh, the end of this little section in Philippians, and it's a collision of the humanity of Jesus with the greatness of the name that Tad shared with us about last night. 
hear these words from the Apostle Paul. We'll pick it up in verse 7. It says that he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, <coughs> presents are incredible, but his presence is what matters the rest of the year. Isaiah. together we sing praise the Lord and praise the Lord his mercy is more stronger than darkness here every morn our sin they are many his mercy is Stronger than darkness 
mercy is more, our sins they are many, His mercy is more. And hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, and joyful all ye nations rise. is born in Bethlehem, and hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. And Father, we're reminded of your birth this morning, and the hope is found in it, Jesus. And Lord, even as we leave here on this Christmas morning, would you just teach us to remember your goodness and your life? And God, we're reminded even by your birth that you are real and you are near to us, God, that you didn't stop uh, as you came down to this earth. You didn't stop at the, at the palace or at the magistrate's office, but you went, came to the lowest of the low places, a manger to dwell with us, Lord. So God, you get us. Help us to re be reminded of that reality. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, fellowship, we love you guys. And we'll see you next week, the first. So it'll be New Year's. So I'll see you then.